Hello and welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, episode number 48. Let's talk internal audits. Welcome to the Smallholder Food Development Institute podcast, where we serve up truth so that you can build the profitable, sustainable food business you've always dreamed of. Now here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele. Good afternoon, everybody, and hello from the Omni on the west end of Houston. I am delighted to be bringing you the podcast from here because Dr. P is out on the road, (laughs) and I'm actually out on the road doing audits. Um, I'm super excited to be here because it's... um, I'm doing audits for a super interesting company, and I've been I'm traveling around the uh, country um, for a couple of days uh, before I actually land back in here in Texas next week to go to a mastermind with my coach at the Life Coach School. And so I'm away from home for 10 days, and it kind of stinks. But you know what would make everything better is that if you went to your podcast listening venue of choice, even if it's this page, because of course I record this on our Proofing Box Facebook page and left a five-star review. Like leaving a review actually is super, super helpful for the algorithms. It helps the group get found by the people who need it. So if you know any food producers in your life who need to not only talk about the technical aspects of how to do food safety, but how to show up to your mind and manage your mind so that you can do the work, (laughs) that's what we're here for. That's how we build wealth and community is we we talk about the hard things uh, when it comes to creating food. And today we are talking about a topic that is super near and dear to my heart, and it's internal auditing. And we are, of course, going to do this the way we always do, which is I'm going to present the podcast, and then I am going to uh, take a questions and office hours. These questions, just to let you guys know, are edited out for like the podcast as it goes out over Stitcher and things because I think it sounds weird uh, to be answering Facebook questions uh, that people can't read when you're listening on iTunes or whatever. So anyway, so that's how we that's how we do it around here. So, you know, listening to people love the people love the podcast. I get plenty of uh, personal emails about it, but a five star review also super helpful. Okay, so with that, Let's just dive right on in. I'm super excited to be presenting this because internal audits are uh, one of the very best ways I actually make my living because I do a lot of internal audits for bigger sorts of companies and I teach people how to do internal auditing and I actually really like internal auditing. It's way more fun than external auditing. So external auditing is when you have an auditing company come in. I actually used to do external audits. I used to do HACCP and GMP audits, but frankly, I got tired of failing people and I didn't fail them for small things. I failed them for like super big things like missing their critical limits or not validating their HACCP plan or not cleaning their equipment over the course of the year at all ever. So, you know, I mean, I don't like to think I'm super excessively nitpicky. I do have high standards. I'm okay with that, (laughs) right? And um, so, but that's an external audit. An external audit is when you call a company and ask them to come in and audit you and have audit findings that you're then able to share with other people. Internal audits are done by internal personnel. 
when I come in and I do internal audits, I'm doing it as a contractor for the company. I'm not doing it as a separate kind of third party person. Some of the most common third party audits as we talk about them are of course SQF and BRC. And those are audits from big auditing houses by and large that come in and take a look at your product, your process, and your people, just the way we do it here on the proofing box, because that's how we that's how we go about doing everything, all right, is we look at product, process, and people. And what better way to understand how you are showing up to all of that, to the work of your work, than by internal auditing. Um, you know, taking a long, hard look at your product, your process, and your people, what does that look like? How does that make you feel? Uh, and for most of you, that actually brings up a fairly big sense of panic. <laughs> but, you know, just remember, we're not auditing everything that you have all at the same time, because that would be overwhelming. Um, I've seen people try and do it that way, and it leads, frankly, to terrible audits. So I learned how to do internal audits in the pharmaceutical industry because I trained as a monkey veterinarian. I'm a lab animal vet by training. And frankly, if there is a set of skills more useless than being a monkey veterinarian in the United States, it is unclear to me what they are. <laughs> but one of the things that I really did learn in working for pharmaceutical companies, especially as a contract lab animal vet, I always got to be on the uh, internal audit teams because I was that fresh set of eyes. And one of the reasons I love doing internal audits is because I can take that rigor from the pharmaceutical world and bring it to the food world in an appropriate way. And I absolutely love that. I love teaching people to audit, and it's one of the most fun things that I do. Uncovering what is really going on in a facility is totally exciting because it can mean that it's the very first steps to fixing stuff. Uh, but of course, it's only the first step to fixing stuff when you decide to serve up truth to yourself and to your team. And that's really the question, right? Are you actually going to tell yourself the truth? Because my friends, do not half-ass this. Or as my friend Walt likes to say, please bring your whole ass to your projects. So a half-assed internal audit is actually worse than no audit at all. And if you're going to pretend to do your internal audits, skip them and just concentrate on verifying your system instead. So, and what the hell does that all mean, right? So verifying your system, asking yourself, did I do what I said I was going to do, is one part of your internal audit. It is a part of your critical control points. It is part of your sanitary control procedures if you're in fisheries. It is part of your preventive controls over on the FDA side of the house. However, internal audits go a step, maybe several steps actually, <laughs> beyond just verifying your product, okay, or verifying your, your process, all right? So verification asks, did I do what I said I was gonna do? And it's like looking over the paperwork over one very specific narrow set of things, especially around a critical control point, all right? But it's only one part of an internal audit. And those other parts, well, that's the work I teach people how to do in my power group. So the power group curriculum is actually written so that each month you create your SOP, 
okay? And in November, we're gonna be doing internal audits. And in the first week, we pull out the SOP and we read it, all right? If you don't have one written, guess what? You get those templates, right? Then we spend, then you've gotta understand how your SOP creates the conditions to create safe food. Because of course, all prerequisite programs must create the conditions to create safe food. That is, by definition, what a prerequisite program does. Then we do our actual verification in week three, okay? And the actual verification is going out and doing observations. And then in week four, we talk about how, do, how, how does this SOP create value for the customer? Because my friends, businesses make money, hobbies cost money, and for a business to make money, you must be developing and, and, and delivering value to your customer, right? And so our internal audits are no different than any other SOP that we do. And this can be kind of a meta conversation, but we approach internal audits the exact same way. You pull out the SOP and you say, am I doing what I said I was gonna do? Does this SOP create the conditions to create safe food? It doesn't matter if it's an internal audit SOP. Uh, Okay, because that, that SOP also has to create the conditions to create safe food. Now, of course, internal audits have plenty of paperwork associated with them, especially if you're auditing something super important like a GMP or training or critical control point, for instance. Internal audits, though, are more, they are much, much more than your paperwork. Internal audits are where you get to go and identify what decisions you are making and whether or not those decisions are working out. Like, what results are those decisions creating? Uh, in other words, internal audits allow you to take a look at your company culture. Your culture is the summation of the decisions you make around how you lead and serve yourself, how you lead and serve your employees, how you lead and serve your customers around your product, your process, and managing your people, okay? That is your proofing box. Your culture is the proofing box of your business. And internal audits are designed to observe that culture Internal audits are designed to look at the results that you create with your decisions. Because of course, my friends, what matters is results, okay? Your intentions are amazing and I totally get it. But when it comes to food safety, it's your results that matter. It is your results that matter to your customers. It is your results that matter to your regulators. That is it, okay? And, and, and saying, well, I meant to do it. I meant to, we have the intention. I don't care about your intentions. I care about your results. And I know that sounds really harsh. And there are plenty of people in smallholder food who think that that is an unacceptable standard and I don't care. <laughs> okay, I don't care because your customers, if you give them shigatoxin E. coli, will be suing your ass. And my job is to try and inoculate you against all of those things happening. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so 
one of the things when we are looking at results, one of the worst things that you can do is lie to yourself about your results, right? Uh, it's so easy to lie to yourself about your results. And there are plenty of ways that companies do this. Um, the first and probably the easiest way to lie to yourself is to not do your internal audits at all. To never ask yourself, to never ask your team, do we do what we said we would do and what is the result? Because that's really what internal audits ask, right? Never showing up to the process takes almost no work at all, my friends. And I see plenty of companies who take that, who take that tack. And that works until you find out that you're not doing what you said you were doing because you fail an external audit. Okay, ask me how panicked people are when they get super low scores on their SQF audits and their customers say, okay, well now we're gonna have to cancel our orders. That's pretty painful. When you have a recall, friends, I love you all from the bottom of my heart and I am not cheap during a recall. Ask anybody who's running a recall with me, right? because there are so many things that we can do to either prevent recalls or to, to keep, things from, keep things from happening, and we learn those by doing internal audits. Uh, whistleblower incidences, okay? I have been, not, not with like my present customer base, but I have been on the periphery when I was in the army of people who have, are, are so much have their head in their sand about what's going on in their factory that they have whistleblower incidences. And this happens in, in, in USDA and FDA facilities. Um, uh, and a really bad way to find out you're not doing what you said you were gonna do is when your inspector shuts you down. But doesn't it then sound like actually doing internal audits is really, frankly, easier than living through all of that stuff, <laughs> right? I mean, that seems easier. Committing to doing the audits is gonna make you uncomfortable. But as we're fond of saying around here, if your brain is screaming at you, you're probably on the right path for creating the business that you were meant to create. Let your brain scream, do the work anyway. That's how I do it. I mean, that's how we're making a million dollar business around here. So with that as your mindset, how do we actually do an internal audit? Well. As odd as this is going to sound, it's really, don't just do something, stand there. Internal audits have a lot to do with observing what is going on around you, which is the work we do in February in the power group. Um, and for, if it's so first of all, for instructions on how to do observations, go back and listen to podcast episode 20. It's all about observations. Like I dictated that podcast while I was, while I was uh, doing observations so that I could like tell you guys the specific steps that I do because I do them so subconsciously now, I don't even know what I'm doing and so I had to record myself doing them. <laughs> But the thing to know is, is that internal audits are actually more complicated than just looking at things. Those are observations. We do observations as well as verification on our critical control points, on our sanitation, all that good sort of stuff. And internal audits are kind of a way of taking those, that, that work and tying it up in a bow and looking at your results. So 
I'm going to break down our internal audit SOP as the, the way we write it here and talk to you about like not only what the SOP says, but um, what, what each kind of phrase in the SOP means. It's a very short SOP. I'm not going to lie because I'm not a big believer in long SOPs because nobody reads them. All right. So step one, internal audits are designed to cover all areas of the facility and the food safety processes. Um, audits are designed to uncover issues early and implement solutions and prevent problems before they occur. Uncovering issues before they occur, before your inspector or your external auditors find them, is absolutely 110% the way to go. Looking for problems and fixing them before they take over your life and you lose uh, several weeks of sleep is a vastly easier way to run a company, my friends, okay? So then number two, over the course of the year, your whole food safety plan is to be audited by the internal audit team. The internal audit team may be comprised of members of your HACCP or preventive controls team, as well as other employees. So, so do you know who is going to be on your audit team? I highly recommend that internal auditing be used as a way of cross-training your employees. Grab your shipping and receiving folks and have them audit the processing line. Grab your processing folks and have them audit incoming shipments or outgoing shipments. Ask finance to take a look at the sanitation system and see if it hangs together. Because when you get people who are not associated with the process, they can see the holes, okay? Oftentimes people who do the work day in and day out are also on the internal audit team and that can be useful, but a fresh set of eyes, also super important. All right, number three, an internal audit consists of a review of the food safety plans as well as the facility, observation of production, and observation of sanitation. So I hope you got that because there are many things to audit in a plant. And looking for problems at various levels of your production process will help uncover them. You're gonna look at them from the point of view of what results are you trying to create. So that's really your product, right? You're going to look at the process of creating that result, and then you're going to look at how you manage the people, all right? It's going to require standing out on the floor and looking at things. It's going to require um, looking, at, looking at documentation and paperwork, okay? It's going to require observing training, for example, all right? Lots of paperwork, lots of observations. Okay, number four, the areas of the food safety plan that you're going to audit should be in your document control SOP. So if you don't have a document control SOP, it's not a big deal. Just take a piece of paper and list out all of the standard operating procedures that you have, all of your HACCPs or preventive controls plans or whatever it is, all of the documentation that, it, that, that is in like your food safety binders, right? Each quarter, the internal audit team will review 25% of the documentation that review will be documented. So we document reviewing documentation. Sections of the facility will be audited each quarter for conformance with the food safety plan. And I'm gonna talk about in just a minute 
like some of the questions that we ask around what it around the documentation. I'm going to give you some examples of that and uh, around the facility, so you can kind of get an idea of the difference. And the way we write standard operating procedures around here is actually driven by the internal audit process to make internal auditing easier. That's how important I think internal auditing is. Every standard operating procedure has a list of documents that need to be read or reviewed in some way to make sure that the SOP is in place and it's working. But you'll notice we don't look at everything all at once. Okay, we review a quarter of the food safety documents each quarter of the year. Because when you try and do it all in the space of the three weeks before you have your SQF or BRC audit or it like you you wrote it, you had all your documents created at one point in a year and then you always review them three weeks before they expire. Well folks, that's like cramming for an exam and that is never really anyone's best work, right? It was never my best work. I have way more higher education than any person probably needs and I rarely cramped for exams, okay? And in a regular facility with like a handful of HACCPs or preventive controls plans, you can probably do one document per week. Now we have generally a 50 week work year, okay? And so that gives you an idea about how many SOPs it takes to run a food facility, okay? <laughs> In the smaller shops, so say you're only running one or two HACCPs or one preventive controls plan, you could probably do the work every other week. You just have a simpler shop and do the work every other week, okay? Set aside 20 to 30 minutes a couple of times that week to read the documentation, to go down onto the shop floor and observe to, you know, that, um, and, and then to do the follow-up work, which is corrective action. So this is actually element number five in the, in the internal auditing SOP, which is um, corrective actions that result from internal auditing will be documented on a corrective actions record and logged on the corrective actions log. Because my friends, we are not doing internal audits as a paperwork exercise. So, I promise you, as a trained auditor, you are not fooling anybody if you are pencil whipping your audits. If you find something wrong, stand in your integrity and fix it. You're gonna want to dive into what we call the cauldron of should. It's super tempting to blame everyone else for when things go wrong in your plant and your process. Blaming everybody else, saying the employees should have done this, the management should have done that, our you know, soap vendor should have done this, that is your cauldron of should. Okay, that's one of two ways of answering what happened. The other way is to stand in your integrity. Stand in your integrity and serve up truth about what actually happened, okay? Look at the process with integrity and acceptance and compassion. Because the sooner you take 100% responsibility for the results that you create in your plant, the sooner you are going to find yourself growing and scaling the business and building the company of your dreams, right? But that takes showing up to the process from a position of 100% accountability. And of course, that's all the mindset work that we do around here. Because I'm about to go through 
the questions that we do on an internal audit. And I'm not going through all of them because they're like a ton of them. All right. I'm going to do a couple of HACCP questions, a couple of sanitation questions, um, and then other prerequisite program questions. So you have an idea about what on earth you're supposed to be looking at. Okay. But building the business of your dreams requires showing up. And showing up to your internal audits is a great way to create the culture that you want. Okay? So now, if you have a HACCP or a preventive controls plan, here are some questions for you to ask. This is not an exhaustive list. If you want the exhaustive list, by all means, come and join us in the power group because we do a lot of this. All right? So, has your food safety team been determined and have you documented it? That's a pretty good question to ask. Are they trained? Is that training documented? What are the common names and methods of the processes that you use in your facility? Have you documented them in your HACCP plan? Have you documented your distribution requirements? Do you know who your end user is and have you documented them? And do you know that that's actually accurate? So that's always a fun one. I really love it when I'm doing a HACCP review and people tell me that they have a not ready to eat food that they know for a fact people eat as a ready to eat food. That is a way to get yourself in a whole heap of trouble. Okay. Ask yourself questions around your critical limits. Are they right? You know, did you set them right? Do you have them verified and validated? Okay, those are some great questions to ask around your HACCP or your preventive controls plan, I suppose. So if you have, if you have parameters around your preventive controls plan also, same questions apply, okay? So then how about your sanitation program? Is your sanitation program documented and effective? So pre-op sanitation, operational sanitation, and post-op sanitation. And then you're going to have to review sanitation checklists, all right? You're going to have to review corrective actions from sanitation. Because if you have no corrective actions from your sanitation, you are not looking at your sanitation process um, closely enough, okay? So your other prerequisite programs. Does your prerequisite program have a written purpose statement. Like, why does your prerequisite program exist in, like, real language? <laughs> okay? Is it something that somebody can understand? When I'm doing internal audits, when I'm, like, contracting as an internal auditor uh, for other companies, one of the things that I love to do is I love to do a copy and paste of the language of the standard operating procedure into a uh, reading ease app, like you can Google this, you know, like reading level analysis on, on Google and you'll come up there like a bunch of them and you cut and paste into the reading level and it'll tell you what reading level your standard operating procedure is written in. So many standard operating procedures are written at the graduate level and it's because people like me write them, right? I mean, I have a doctorate for heaven's sakes. I write like somebody who has a doctorate. And that's not good. That's not good. I've actually spent a whole lot of time this um, past year um, creating simplified documentation because it makes a really big difference. And your goal is an eighth grade reading level. All right. In your prerequisite programs, have you listed who's responsible for the program? That's often missed. <laughs> so go take a look at that. How are you verifying your prerequisite program? Okay. What are the logs? Go take a look at those logs. Same way we like take a look at critical control logs or preventive control logs. Okay. All right. So now 
that was kind of the paperwork. That were some of the questions that we asked around paperwork. Other questions that we ask around actually going out onto your plant floor, and this is, you know, specifically for looking at a sanitation on it. Um, take a look and, and see whether or not on the equipment as it's running, is the stuff that's on the equipment debris from the current lot? Or if you say run biscuits and donuts, and you're running donuts and you previously ran biscuits, is there still biscuit food left on the production line? That can be a big deal, okay? So it's important to ask that question. Look at your drains, look at your traps. Are they functioning? Are they effective? Are they clean? Okay, I often walk into food facilities and I'm looking at the floor to see how, see how dirty those drains get, okay? How about your chemicals? Are the chemicals in use? Are they labeled properly? Do you know what they are? Do they have expiration dates? Do they have um, dilution? I was, in a, I was in a facility today and they had this, uh, they had a, a, a spray bottle and um, it just said soap. That, not how it works. <laughs> okay, so you get the idea. That is how we do internal auditing. And when you show up to your internal audit, okay, and you allow yourself to learn the truth. You are committed to serving up truth to yourself and your team. It can literally change everything about your business. Let it do that. All right, that's what we got for the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. As you know, uh, podcast listeners know, we record this podcast every Thursday, uh, though I think next Thursday I'm doing it super early because I'm in my mastermind and I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be in class starting at like eight central time. So super early podcast recording uh, next Thursday, the 12th. And with that, the podcast recording is over and I am happy to take questions for office hours. I know it's the bottom of the hour. Um... Thank you for tuning into our podcast. Be sure to join us in the Proofing Box, a private Facebook page for food producers filled with valuable information and technical tips. Grow your business by learning from people just like you, all under the guidance of a food safety expert.